Hello, lovelies. Welcome to year three of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. If you're new to the show, please remember, back it up and see what you've been missing. Those of you who love it already, remember, I need you. I need you to like, to share, review, subscribe, and maybe even consider clicking that patron button. Let's grow our community so that we can grow and learn together. So today I am thinking about spiritual self-reliance. I am rolling this concept around in my head. How in the world do I get everyone to be self-reliant in their own spiritual process? I can teach you. I can tell you. I can talk about it. You can talk about it. You can understand what it is and repeat to me its importance. Tell me what you should do. Read books, articles, whatever. But until you are reliant upon what you know, what you have access to, it is largely pretty talk. As I'm sitting at my desk thinking about spiritual self-reliance, I suddenly just decide that I need to look up self-reliance. Let's just look this up. And of course, immediately what came up was an 1841 essay written by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Now this is interesting for more than one reason, not the least of which is that sitting on the notepad on my desk was where I had jotted down a quote that I had read from well, Ralph Waldo Emerson. The twins and I were reading their U.S. history book early this morning before my workday started, and we were reading about how he called those very first shots at Lexington, the ones that started the Revolutionary War, that created or began well, not began, really, it already had begun, continued the avalanche of activities that led to the United States of America actually being a thing, not just an extension of England. I thought, how strange that I've already written down his name today, and here he is at the forefront of my mind. Now, if you don't already know this, Emerson is a transcendentalist. To put it in a nutshell, transcendentalism is probably really aligned with your actual spiritual thinking if you have been listening to me for very long at all. If you are interested in the things that I say, then you are probably, to some extent or another, a transcendentalist. It is the belief that we must understand our own thinking, that we must, in essence, unlearn what we have learned in order to become who we really are. That before we are born, as we are born, we have access to all of the knowledge in the universe. Knowledge of who we are, knowledge of the world around us, all of this. But it is in essence wished away, wished away, washed away, the moment that we come into this world and begin to be affected by the people and experiences around us. It is the belief system that we must have self-reliance, that we must avoid conformity and false consistency. That just because it is what has been happening, what has been around us, just because it was our experience, our whole life, 
who our parents were or what we have seen over and over again, that we do not conform to that as truth or stay consistent with the choices we have been making unless they are aligned with who we really are and who we want to be. It is the belief that we follow our instincts and our own ideas, that individualism is what is the satisfaction of life. That by no means does something have to be true just because it appears to be normal. Throughout my life, I have discovered belief after belief, thing after thing, action after action, you name it. Everything back from who my parents were to the experiences I've had as an adult. So many of these things are not real. If you were raised that chaos was normal because you were thrust into chaos, it does not mean that that is what is normal or what you should have, unless you really like it. It would be easy to conform to the types of relationships that we have seen, the behaviors that have been normal up to whatever point it is we are in our lives. Transcendentalism is the belief that our happiness is born of our mindset, that we are learning, forgetting, and learning again. Most of you know by now that I taught elementary school for 15 years. For the first half of my career, I was a classroom teacher who was given all of the most challenging children. Now, I would have a handful of gifted kids, maybe a couple of, you know, average kids, and then they would put the emotionally disturbed, the medically challenged, whatever it was, into my classroom. I had a gift for this, to which I am grateful, because I was able to help a lot of children. One year in particular, fairly early on, I had a child who had a traumatic brain injury. No one believed she could learn, that she would learn something and it would be gone. And that was what I saw in her behavior. Around that time, somehow or another, transcendentalism was reminded to me, if that is proper English. I had learned about it when I was young in school, and I remembered being aligned to the belief system, but it came back around in just the right time, as the universe has the tendency to do, to remind me that we each, every one of us, has access to all of the knowledge in the universe, that we know it all, and that our act here on earth is an act of remembering what we already know. I made this the philosophy of my classroom, first graders. I told that precious child and all of the others that I was not teaching them anything new. I was helping them remember what they already knew. And not only did that child learn to read, to do basic math, and all of the things that they said she never could do, every other one of my children excelled, even the ones they did not believe would be able to. Because somehow the inability, the unworthiness, whatever it is, goes away as soon as you accept, you believe, and you understand that you actually have access to it all. That the only thing getting in the way is whatever other bullshit other people have told you, or what you have learned by the experiences you have seen on earth 
and those are a small, small percentage of what actually goes along. I am 46 years old. I do not pretend that that is old, but it's not young. It is also a life of a lot of experiences. You've probably heard me say, I feel like I've lived many, many lifetimes in this body. Many books on my shelf that tell the story of my life, not just chapters. I know that this has been part of the plan for me so that the people I talk to could be helped. It is important to understand that if you get caught in one of those books or chapters or the acts of the play that is your life, if you get caught in one of those, it will just become stagnant and old. Maybe you have watched every episode of Friends more than once. But what if you just had one episode and you watched it again and again? Maybe you have a favorite book you have read many times, but what if it was just one passage that you read again and again? You would miss the whole point. What if you turned this off right now and this was all you heard? Would you know what you needed to know? Life is learning and forgetting and learning again. It is learning. It is recognizing this book has come to an end. It is time to write a new one. It is time to start anew. If I had decided that everything I learned from my first marriage was all there was to know about love, I would not have the amazing marriage I have today. I would either be reliving what I had before or hiding from any concept of marriage at all. Are you following me, beloved? We are in a universe with access to all knowledge. We just have to remember that sometimes there are things that need to be forgotten. We need to forget that someone said we were dumb and prove that we are smart. We need to forget that someone put us down or said we were not good enough. We need to forget that we lived a life that was full of turmoil and trouble and struggle and fear. We need to put that down and learn something new. We need to transcend. This is not intrinsically religious, but it is intrinsically spiritual. Emerson taught that we are living in a freedom that is within a spiritual universe and that the spiritual universe is governed by laws like the physical universe is. This is interesting and sounds sort of convoluted and twisted, but let's take it apart for a minute. The physical universe, the physical world has laws. There is a timeline. You don't go from 10 to 20 without the 10 years in between. You don't just wake up one morning and find a stack of cash on your table. There has to be a way that that comes to you. A way that makes sense, doesn't float in from the sky, right? You don't suddenly wake up and have a child without the birthing or adoption or some other process. There are laws in the physical world. There are laws in the spiritual world as well. You get what you put out there, right? What you put into the world is what you get back. If you plant a seed, you get this plant that corresponds with that seed, unless you didn't know what seed you had in the first place. Spiritual law is that 
same pattern of events. It is important to recognize that though we are within this realm, we are free. And it is largely affected by our willingness to unlearn, to forget, and then learn again. And to embrace the idea that this is supported by something not just bigger than us, because it also is us. Mark Clattis, in his attempt to sort of, I don't know if he was trying to more affirm or reject Emerson's transcendental views, he said, we are surrounded by helps and aids of all kind, supporting us, sustaining us, and journeying always with us. Beloved, this is that vast knowledge, that access to that spiritual world that is us, was us, before we decided to get into this body, before we decided to become a part of the physical universe. We had access to this, and we continue to. But only if we understand that there is no intermediary necessary. It's helpful. It's helpful, beloved. Some people have a more direct connection. Some people are able to access that information a little more quickly, a little more clearly, but there are also a lot of false prophets out there who think that they understand things that they don't understand. So be careful and know that above all, you do have access to that knowledge to that thing that some people call God, others the universe, others spirit. It is a knowledge. It is an everywhere and always present knowledge, energy, filling the world with an inexhaustible amount of power and presence and knowledge. When you quiet your mind, you forget the limitations you have been given. You can access it. Now, let's be clear, there are physical laws. You're not going to turn into freaking, you know, essence and go mix with essence and come back without your body being right there, right? Your body's going to be here. It's not going to dissolve, <laughs> okay? You're not going to snap your fingers and have this dramatic change. But beloved, on the other side of learning again, it will seem as if it happened overnight. It's easy to forget the years that lead to growth and change. I sat down one time and started creating a timeline backwards from where I am to where I had been. And I realized that it keeps going farther back in time because every time I think that I hit the beginning, there is this realization that there was always more. Don't focus on the end result, beloved. Focus on the path. Focus on how we get there. The truth is we all have equal knowledge, equal access to knowledge of self and the world that goes way beyond our five senses. It is inborn in us. And that knowledge is intuitive. We have 
innate access to all truth and all knowledge, but it is muted by our first breath, by our inability or our fear of questioning, questioning our experiences, questioning our beliefs, questioning what we were taught by some authority figure, no matter how sacred. And in each person's life, that sacred person, people is different. For some, it is a teacher. For some, it is a parent. For some, it is a religious figure. We must question, does this feel true to me? But this is beyond our thinking. Because there is a difference between knowing something is the truth deep at the core of your being, within that intuitive piece of you, the part that doesn't even have to be able to explain it, and then the argument of the brain that says, but, 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 but I have never been treated well by anyone, but I never got good grades in school, but I have no money, but, 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 but the world, but the government, but this, but that, okay, fine. But when you really get at it, does that feel true? Does it feel real? Does it feel like this is the world, your life, or anybody else going back to what is real? Or does it feel like they're fighting to keep believing the thing that is dying away, the thing we are forgetting? You've heard me say it before. When things die, they fight for their lives. Like insects on the surface of the pool. There's a lot of examples of that in the world right now. A lot of old, screwed up <laughs> belief systems that are screaming out to be embraced because they are drowning in the pool of truth. This happens within us. It is louder or messier if we fight it instead of letting go. At some point, you pull the trigger. Like at Lexington, the shot heard around the world because it began change. It began the process of the colonists forgetting their loyalty to the country that had failed to represent them and learning a new way of being. Now, I am without delusion. I will not claim that it is perfect. <laughs> okay. That is not the argument that I'm trying to have. But there is for sure an alignment of the experiences I have in my life and then the things that come to me to share with you. And I just cannot be deft enough to ignore that I read this today. In the hearts and minds of the people, the idea began and eventually they said, yes, we must do this with as much optimism as you can. There's a lot of talk right now about toxic positivity. I have trouble buying into that as a concept, but I hear it. I hear and I understand how toxic it can be to just sort of blatantly wish everything away. But I'm not asking you to be blind. I see. I see. I feel I have had experiences that some of you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. And yet, 
I recognize as I'm asking you to, that every time we see that challenge, we recognize what it really is. It is a catalyst for self-discovery. It is a catalyst for individualism. It is an attempt to make us realize that we must be self-reliant. We must rely on our own ability to learn and grow and change. We must rely on our own ability to see the world with different eyes, to make effort when necessary. Someone told me yesterday that she was baking cookies for the campaign of the candidate of her choice because she wanted to do something and she didn't feel like there was anything else that she could do. And she said when she delivered those cookies <laughs> that she felt a sigh of relief. It would be easy to say those cookies weren't of value, but they meant a lot more. For her, they meant action, and for everyone that ate them. I'm sure, braveness, COVID, <laughs> okay. Even if they just looked at them, to know that somebody cared enough, that there was love and passion in that, that that individual took action in the way that felt right to them. That was meaningful. Do not question your own ability to be a ripple into the world. Remember, beloved, this entire life is an exploration of self, of learning, forgetting, and learning again. It is sacred. It transcends time and space. And the more that we focus on optimism, on love, the more we transcend, we can pass into our past, through our present, and into the future, and we can start to derail the train that leads us towards what is not true. What is not us, whether it is sickness, fear, poverty, these are things that are not intrinsically tied to our being. We must first adapt on that spiritual level, the hearts, minds, and beliefs. And then the action lights up before us. And yes, we must comply to physical law. We must take the steps to start the business. We must write the book. We must call the person, whatever it is. We must take the actions in the world. That doesn't mean it's not real, that it's not a gift, that it's not magical, that it's not destined, that it's not your calling. Of course it takes effort. We must do. But we will never have to force. Divine intervention is love. It's the love of the universe pushing into us, through us. The love we feel for others, for a cause, for our jobs, for our cats, for a freaking toenail polish. Love transforms us. It activates that internal drive that pushes us towards self-actualization. 
that thing that all too often has been crushed by human influence and experience. The voice that you hear that crushes who you are. The voice that you hear that crushes your faith in humanity. The voice that you hear that divides us or divides you from your highest good, from your belief and that you are wrapped in light and love and that the truth is we are working towards it even when the road is rocky. Even when the road is rocky, it leads to our highest good. Unless you choose the turn, <laughs> unless you say, I'm not worth it, you walk around speaking illness, you walk around speaking fear, you will see it, you will find it. It's a cognitive loop. It's not even spiritual. It's mental. It's real. Cognitive loops exist. You go looking for it, you'll find it. You get that new car that you've never seen anywhere and suddenly it's on every street corner. It's a cognitive loop. We build those things and then the more we see it, the more we manifest it. Switch your thinking. Align yourself. Do not give in to what other people are thinking or saying if it is not true for you. Avoid conformity and false consistency. Follow your own instincts. This is the action required from each and every one of us. Ask more questions. Do not be bullied or pressured. Do not conform just because it is your family, your spouse, your parent, your religious leader, your government official, your political party of choice, whatever it is. Do not conform. Do not give in to false consistency for fear of change or because of habit, because it's what you've always done, you've always thought. Instead, follow your instincts. Forget what needs to be left behind. Learn something new. Life is learning, forgetting, and learning again. Until next time, beloved, namaste. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. It is my privilege to have your ear and your time. Come out, find me on social media, visit one of my seminars, book an educational session. However it is that I can support you, I'm here. Remember, beloved. There's a little brunette with a podcast who's got your back.